Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating on iTunes and other podcast outlets and never missing one single episode. Thank you, especially everybody who does that. All right, as promised a couple episodes ago, I actually promised this, Nola is returning to the show here today. Say hi, Nola. Hello, everybody. All right, and she is here today to do a specific, special, mega special episode of what we normally do, like a We Were There, our concert wrap-up thing. We are doing it specifically on just one event that we attended a few weeks ago now in Las Vegas on Memorial Day weekend, the Punk Rock Bowling Festival. And the the whole bowling thing, by the way, for those of you not in the know, and we're barely in the know on it ourselves, uh, is a, like a bowling tournament that takes place in Las Vegas. What, what hotel is that thing attached to? The Gold Nugget. Thank you, the Gold Nugget. That's an old school uh, hotel and casino out in Vegas. So they do this big bowling tournament, and they just you know I guess well, whoever. I don't, I don't know if it's a big bowling tournament, well, but it's definitely like round you know, robin kind of thing, probably. Yeah, like yeah. you you have to register your team. You can't just kind of show up willy nilly. There yeah. are there are cash and prizes to be won. Sure. But I mean, I don't, I don't think it's like the Pro Bowlers Association. No, no, it's just people that happen. Qualifier. Yeah, it's just people that happen to want to attend a punk rock festival on top of like, hey, do you like bowling? So it's, it's a nice hook and angle that I, I do appreciate. It's, it's a very specific niche. Yeah, it fits into the whole gaming aspect of Las Vegas. I think at the same time, so. Apparently, this thing has been going on for like two decades now or something, and we're I'm just now, over the last two years, learning about this. Yes, we went to uh, Punk Rock Bowling and Music Festival 21. <laughs> yeah. They so, are now legal. Yeah, but they've always been partying and having fun, haven't they? Well, that's you the can... punk rock aspect about it. Absolutely, yeah. So, I uh, didn't know what to expect going into it. We actually initially planned our Vegas vacation around the AEW Double or Nothing event. For more information on that, tune into the Wrestling House Show, the flagship of CNJRadio.com. So I wrote a nice little blog piece about it. Yeah, very well, very well written article. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Go check out Nola's recap of that. So everybody under this roof will have reviewed Double or Nothing. Uh, on the website or in podcast form at in some, some point. In some capacity, yeah. yeah. So, good good stuff. So, what happened was, we were just kind of sitting around the house. I don't even know how it happened, but... It happened almost exactly the way that we got married in Vegas, which was we went for another thing, saw something else was going on that weekend, and we are like, well, we may as well. Yeah, yeah, so... there And there was a few big, like, oh, real ends, like okay, haven't seen them yet or haven't seen them in a while, and for you, maybe haven't seen them at all. Uh, there'll be a few instances of that coming up here. Lots of them, actually. Sure, yeah. So the cool thing is we do have ten bands to spotlight that we... Basically, these are the ten bands that we really, really, really paid attention to. And there were about another five or six more that we, uh, you know, clapped and applauded politely and yeah. we're like okay this is fine then, i just didn't know a whole know, lot about them you know yeah we went to the bathroom we went to the food trucks we explored other areas of yeah. the venue 
Because it, it was in a really cool place. It was at the downtown Las Vegas convention lawn. Yeah, is yeah. the best way to describe it. It's just this yeah, big old it, empty kind of lot, and they had put AstroTurf down and had some seats, and they had yeah. merch booths and food trucks, and it was... Think of beer garden on steroids. Yeah, because it looks like it's a big parking lot the rest of the time. Or, you know, even like... Well, I'm sure you, they, they keep could, that turf down. The turf, you could probably play some soccer and football things, uh, you know. So it, it's a neat little area just in the middle of downtown, and it, that's where it happened. I didn't even know how many people were really going to go. Lots. We knew was, lots were going to go. It was a good amount of people. I'd say, you know, in the... I was more panicky at Double or Nothing than <laughs> I was at Punk Rock Bowling. Yeah, in a sense. Like, as, as far as, like, uh, being, like, really people, you know. And, really peopled in there. Yeah. Like, when we're trying to get into the wrestling show, it it was... I don't want to say it was a nightmare. It was well done, but at the same time... We did end up in, like, this hallway room holding area with everyone else with no order. And I'm just like, this is where I'm going to fight someone. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, the punk rock bowling thing, for the amount of people that were at it, and it really wasn't, like, a big, huge festival. It was a well-attended festival for outdoors. You know, maybe not even filling an arena up or maybe just a little bit over an arena size amount of people. You know, 20,000 plus, something like that. Not bad. Uh, you know, so we actually, because of our wrestling event, we didn't go on day one. So we missed some quality bands like Rancid and The Damned. Bands that I've seen before, but I would always see. So it was a little bit of a bummer on that side of things. But like I said, we got 10 quality bands of Spotlight here. So let's just uh, cut to the crash here. So day two officially of the event, but day one for us. And we get there pretty early because uh, the cool thing is, I gotta say... The organization of the event, first of all, and there's a lot of bullshit festivals, quote-unquote, out there that don't even deserve the name Music Festival attached to it. There's documentaries about those things, but there's also just garbage local festivals that are just, they're, they're not well-planned, they're, they're a train wreck, uh, they make people miserable, they overcharge for things. This thing, I gotta say, you know, like, you know, I didn't feel super overcharged. I It was about what I expected yeah. as far as food and drinks. And they had a cool, you know, like little refill options on, on drinks or like, you know, not paying as much as if you hold onto the cup, you know, that kind of shit. Quality food. But the cool thing about it is no overlap. With two stages of music, no zero overlap in performing. So, and they have this awesome app for the smartphone that Nola downloaded because she's the planner. <laughs> and she was like, okay, we got to make sure we get there by this time on this day. And we wanted to make sure the first band that we saw, like, definitely want to see them, was the Darts. Uh, the Darts, they're based out of California, aren't they? They are. Yeah. They are a L.A. slash Phoenix psychobilly <laughs> garage punk rock girl group. Yeah, right, girl thing. Uh, if you are a fan of, I would say, like, it's like Murder City Devils meets the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. That's, I think, a decent two-band comparison to get to them, uh, I'd say. And really, a lot of the Murder City Devils thing is the frantic plus Farfisa organ sound that they have. So that's where that comes from. But I hadn't heard a lot of their stuff. I heard a handful of their songs, but I expected to have fun. And I think that was pulled off pretty well. That was a successful. We were actually on the uh, ground for that one. Yes, this this was <laughs> the closest that we got to the stage the entire time at Punk Rock Bowling. Probably about third row. Something like that. Uh, I mean, third, fourth yeah. row, something like that. As far as standing, you know. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, and then of course uh, it should be said, Ricky Watson, aka Ricky Sticks, uh, uh, also played, drummer extraordinaire. Yeah, she's played for a handful of bands, including our friends the Dolly Rots, the best drummer they ever had. <laughs> the Two Tens. Two Tens, yes, uh, still currently with the Two Tens as mm-hmm. well. I think she had to finally say that she couldn't do Dolly Rots anymore, and she's focusing on because we found out she's a school teacher by day. Yes. And then she's a drummer extraordinaire by night and weekend. So yeah, two tens darts. If you're following Ricky, who is very awesome and really nice on social media, uh, of course she threw down, and the band was very on point. Uh, so no complaints as far as our official opener to the festival started off on a positive note. Yeah, it was it was super cool. I I would love to see them in a club show capacity. I yeah, think headline the, set because they probably played about eight songs when we yeah. saw them. You know, so I think it being the afternoon took away a little bit from them but nothing that was like oh this would have been so much better if it was at night like like it would have been cooler at night sure everything's cooler at night. everything's cooler (laughs) at night that's what nighttime does but the fact that they were playing like mid-afternoon just killing it with their with their spooky girl vibes yeah (laughs) like it was it was still really cool so i hope they come to texas very soon yeah, that would be really cool. So, yeah, we're going to... And the thing we do here on our concert wrap-ups, anytime we do, we always make sure if we're going to play a song by this band, it'll be a song represented by the set list that we actually saw. So this, is, of course, is a song that was played by them. And if I'm not mistaken, because we don't have a set list in front of us, I think it was the opener? It was the opener. Yeah. So, kicking off the show and our weekend at Punk Rock Bowling and Music Festival in Las Vegas, the Darts, U.S. version... Not the British version. <laughs> My heart is a graveyard.
kicking off our punk rock bowling wrap-up special. That was My Heart is a Graveyard by The Darts. U.S. U.S., yeah. Oh, man, that's a whole thing. So there was a doo-wop revival group in Britain called The Darts as well back in the 70s. So that's where all that uh, confusion comes from. So we're going to stick with California for our next entry. There'll probably be a few more California bands before it's all said and done. I, I think so, but maybe, maybe I totally just cursed California with saying that but anyway uh a band called the adolescents who you know definitely from that second wave uh and also a second american wave push for punk rock in the early 80s i guess a california band along the lines of you know stuff like the dead kennedys and what have you suicidal and you know a lot of credibility going in i only had a handful of things by them uh, what oh i wanted to make a terrible joke because you said the dead Kennedys, and then you said suicidal, and uh. I was going to be like, no, the dead Kennedys were assassinated. <laughs> oh, so sorry. You can keep this in if you want. Oh, I'm going to. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, what did you think of the adolescents, sweetie? Uh, they, they were good. I don't really have many bad things to say about anyone that we saw, because it was... Yeah, I mean, that was the cool thing. I mean, Nobody it, offended me at all. Like, Yeah, I was like, was even, cool even kind of the screamy punk stuff was still fun to watch because I've never seen him before. Yeah, like, then, uh, Fucked Up is a good example of that. Like, I, I didn't mind Fucked Up, but there was a little bit too much scream for me at times, but they were fine. They could especially play, you know, at the very least. And, and you know, at the end of the day, it was it was really just about having a good time with you, and, and you know, I, I like people watching, especially when I'm at festivals like this, so it was all, like, it's kind of like a half blur, half don't remember half it was just such a good weekend that yeah it went by so quick it went by really fast yeah so the first thing my first impression of the adolescence during that day at punk rock bowling was i, I was recently doing a lot of research for some fallen episodes because i'm way behind on the death episodes for Rock Strikes 10. So I'm talking like a year behind, legit, on the Fallen stuff. The good news is there hasn't been a ton of huge deaths in music this last calendar year, which is which is a good thing. So you're a year behind, but your body count behind is only like 15. It's it's a little more than that, but it's it's it's, but it's under 30. It's it's under 30 right now as far as the number that I have. So I've got about two episodes to do. Uh, one of the names that is going to appear on that is a guy named Steve Soto, who was the founding member and bass player for the Adolescents. Now, the cool thing is, like, the Adolescents logo is pretty synonymous in punk rock. It's the blue and red lettering thing, and that's what you expect to see when they come out. But they had their same logo, and it said Soto instead. And I thought that was really cool that they paid tribute to the, the, the guy. The, the band wouldn't exist without him, and now he's no longer there, so it's a whole thing. Well, but, I mean, he's still there. He's yeah. just not physically there but i thought that was just super cool that they had the banner out that way and uh yeah it was neat yeah it made me feel really good so even if you out there know nothing about the adolescence i guarantee you probably at least know this song so i'm gonna play it for that reason but also it's hard to beat if you're making a like a two disc set and you would call it punk rock 101 or something like that this song has to go on there along with of course punk rock 101 right yeah i'm kidding a little bowling for super reference there no it would definitely be on there <laughs> right uh but this one it's one of the big jams of all time for punk rock music so we're just gonna go ahead and do it and of course they had to play it that there else people would have rushed to the stage in anger so here is the adolescents with their signature song in my opinion amoeba <laughs> Oh, 
lab Le début de microscope The little glass sides, they never lie How can this fall my cloud? I've never seen anything like it before This amoeba's got a mind of its own But don't turn your back to stupid science work This is reaching for the telephone It's alive You're better off dead If you only knew You thought life's taking a dive I've never seen anything like it before This amoeba's got a mind of its own But don't turn away you stupid science work This is reaching for the telephone Amoeba by the Adolescents. That's that's a law right there. That's that's some classic stuff. Early '80s. I, I forget the year, but yeah, there you go. Amoeba, Adolescents. Good band. Go see them if they come to your town. And the next band was one of those bands that kind of got us there. As far as like, I saw this band. I think I had it about 24, 23 years ago. I would have traveled to Las Vegas just for the darts in this band. There you go. Nice. So, back when myself and Chris, the C of CNJ Radio, we saw No Doubt play a headline show at the Will Rogers Coliseum in Fort Worth. And a great show. So, it was... uh, It's weird, because the opener... It was either the opener? No, it was like the middle band. Yeah, the middle band and the bill was cake yeah cake and then the opener was the vandals and you know so one of these things is definitely not like the other but uh the vandals came out and i might have known one or two songs by him at the time and those songs were limited to anything that might have been like on a punkarama collection or one of the nitro music collections or something like that so 
What do you? I'm giggling at the punkaromas because I I have those. Yeah, yeah, they're totally. so good. Yeah, so um, it's not like that's what I call music now, <laughs> right? Oh, those are the worst. Yeah, and uh, Vandal should have been on one of those comps because they should have had legit radio hits because they're just that good. So yeah, the Vandals were playing, and I was like, oh yeah, uh, definitely one of the reasons we went to this thing in the first place. And I was like sitting there going, man, I haven't seen them in a hundred years. And the best part about it was they basically played almost the exact same set. They moved around pretty much the exact same way. Frantic as all get out, especially on Warren's part. Warren Fitzgerald is a ridiculous man. Uh, but it's the best part is just a little bit, just a tad wider, not too much. A tad filled out. And boy, they just look like dads now. They got, it's just, they got dad bods. They're, it's just punk rock dad bods all over the place and just you know i'm not trying to shame i'm, li- anything I'm living I, for it like i love it yeah and it just looks like they're they're they got out of the house for a couple of hours to do this but you know they've they've always one, been one of them definitely told their wife that he was like going to home depot <laughs> to get something for a project yeah. and then just kept driving to vegas yeah. It's, but it's amazing because the Vandals have been doing this probably professionally since about 82 or 83. I mean, they've been doing this a long time. Almost as long as I've been alive. Uh, all the way back to the Suburbia movie and, you know, things like that. I mean, these guys have been doing it. They're they're awesome, legit, and I think they should always be in the conversation of the greatest punk bands of all time. It's obviously that the shticky comedy thing that's going to keep them out of that conversation, sadly. But... Uh, they're just awesome and they can play their asses off and they've always had a ringer for a drummer that's the other thing is that when they uh, as early as I know Josh Freeze when I saw him the first time was their drummer for that show and and Josh had he's still I think he's still in the family but uh, the one we got this night we got Brooks Wackerman who if Josh Freeze is going to be there then Brooks Wackerman great awesome okay let's do a little quick one on him so he's Chad Wackerman's son, who played for Zappa. Uh, Brooks Wackerman, for those of you uh, old school Sunset Strip uh, hard rock guys out there, he was in the kid metal band Bad for Good. Yes, and with uh, the Tom, number four. The number four. They were like a, a like if Team Beat were going to have a poison, then it would have been. Are bad there for two good. D's in bad? I I think so. I don't remember. <laughs> I, I feel like maybe just one. Anyway. <laughs> But he's been gigging pro since he was like 12 or something. And he also played for Infectious Grooves. I showed you the photo of him in Infectious Grooves where he's dressed like a cholo. Um, <laughs> he's just he's awesome. He's a man. So I was really happy to see him on the kit that night if we didn't get Josh Freeze. And uh, I don't think it really blinked as far as the drumming ability that night. You know, no. they're both equals in that respect. Uh, but yeah, great set list. I mean, they play pretty much like the big bigs you wanted to hear, like maybe with a few exceptions. They I'm sure, they played everything I wanted, and then they also didn't play everything that I wanted. Yeah, like I they need to just have a four hour set list. Yeah, and they put a whole lot into their the forty five minutes that they got. They fit a lot of songs in there. They they could have fit a few more in there. They did stretch a few songs out, yeah. And there was a lot of comedy in between songs as well, where it kind of turned into, oh, yeah, hey, let's play another song. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shit, yeah, we're here to play. So, but yeah, I, I recommend seeing the Vandals if they come to your town, of course. 
It's it's an amazing time. Um, so and, you know, I was going through like I know I've played some Vandal songs on the show before because I love the Vandals. Yeah, and usually when you're on is when we play them. Yeah, because I love the Vandals. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, I can't believe I've never played this song on the show. So we're gonna play this one. This one, very happy to hear in the set list. It's the opening track off of what is probably their overall best top to bottom album, Hitler Bad Vandals Good. So here you go. Here's uh, our one of our favorites of all time, the Vandals. With people that are going to hell. obviously a tongue-in-cheek song they're not a religious band by any stretch of the imagination you know especially with songs like pizza tran and stuff like that you know so of course they played some of the classics like uh, urban struggle and anarchy burger hold the government live fast diarrhea my girlfriend's dead my girlfriend's dead great i think that was the I closer know yeah noah was in there and yeah I don't, I don't think they played anything off of like what i almost stepped in which would have been nice they, they played Cafe 405. Yeah, they didn't go past Hitler Bad, though, sadly, because there's no. some quality stuff on even their, quote, most modern records post-2000. They have, like, three Ooh. albums. They have, like, three albums out post-2000, but they're all good, too. Go look up their cover of Queen's Don't Stop Me Now. There's a fun one for you. Anyway, things Is like that. Is that on my iPod? Yeah, yeah, it's on uh, Hollywood Potato Chip. Okay, make sure. You don't seem to listen to those last I, two albums I listen to Hitler Bad's Angel's Good a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sorry Mom and Dad is one I would have loved to have heard from Look What I Almost Stepped In, because that, that song just cracks me up, and the music is amazing on it. Okay, enough gushing about uh, the Vandals. Moving on to a band that I am I am a huge fan of, and it was one of those weird things. I mentioned them probably long ago on the show, but I became a fan of this band 
not even realizing they had broken up at the same exact time <laughs> and being I'll be right back. And uh, Nola's leaving the room right now because she's cashing out, but uh, it's not. She doesn't like. She's like. Uh, she's like. I don't hate him, but uh, she's definitely not like a fan. This isn't anything she's gonna be putting on the car, especially if she's by herself. But I was super pumped about Refused being on this festival. Definitely one of the bands that got me in the door, and missed out on them at a local show a few years ago, and I've still just been heartbroken over it. And I'm still heartbroken about it, because if I'd have been able to see them twice, all the better for me. But uh, Refuse come out and just destroy it. They were so good. And, man, I I can't say enough about them. They're heavy as shit, and I think their arrangements are crazy good. They're just intense. They just... They they hit their instruments so hard. The drummer is everything I was hoping he was going to be. And the singer, oh my god, like he's just a ridiculous front man. Uh, along, it's, there's something about Sweden, you know. It's like they, they're the guys that saw Iggy Pop and were like, I think I can do that. And they're the only ones that have gotten close, I think, is Pele from The Hives and Dennis Lykson from Refuse. And those two guys are just... I would hope they would they would never share a stage together because they would just kill each other like double high cross bodies and sort of something like that. I hope they share a stage together. <laughs> but okay, so let me ask you. And I'm being dead serious. I made jokes about you not being a fan of Refused, but as a non-fan in a sense, what did you think of the set? Like, you know, don't you're not going to hurt my feelings or anything. No, they're good. I I enjoyed them more than I thought that I would. There were some parts in some of the songs that I was like, I really like this, and then they got heavy again, and I'm like, fuck, okay. I'm glad you uh, said that, because that's the song I have. I know exactly the song you're thinking of, and I have that lined up to play it, for this. Is it the one where I hit you, and I'm like, oh, I like this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it just drops, and the screams, and he's like, you're like, I'm out. I'm like, fuck, can I <laughs> then, sit back down? And then he brings it back, and then <laughs> it's a whole thing. But, uh, yeah, and um, he chastised us for uh, voting for Trump as a country, and rightfully so. Yeah, we deserve it. Uh, so... But yeah, no, I I like them. I enjoyed it. I definitely understand why they were there and why they headlined and why their fan base is so good. Even even as someone who's not going to listen to the record, like I enjoyed seeing them on stage. That's cool. I love the the opener song Rather Be Dead. Like he's already out into the crowd. Like he's already picking a fight almost like I mean, they were going for blood out there, so I just They I only had 45 minutes. Yeah, I like I said, just can't say enough things about this band. So I'm going to play that song that we just referenced because I figured that that's the one I was going to play because they have a bunch of perfect songs. This isn't even one of my favorite songs, but it's still really, really good. And it's off of one of the great albums of all time, The Shape of Punk to Come. So here is Refused with Liberation Frequency.
Alright, there you go. Refused. Love them. Alright, I'll stop there. So, I'm not sure the ones listening out there, whether you side with me or Nola on that one, but that was a good example of uh, what to expect from them if you get a record by them. So, a little yin-yang. I don't, yang I don't know why you're trying to pit us against each other in I'm, this. Like, I'm not. I didn't say I, I hated them or that no. I wasn't a fan. No, I I, I I didn't insinuate that either. You I just... definitely insinuated that I was not a I, fan when, I... in fact, I am a non-fan. <laughs> yes, there there is a difference. There actually. is a huge yeah. difference. All right. So uh, speaking of a huge difference, let's go on to something completely different. And I remember prior to them even coming out, I was just kind of like, this is one of the first bands we saw, and we're already on to our day two. Day two. The official day three of punk rock bowling. Monday, which is a weird third day. I mean, I I realize it's a weekend holiday, so they went Saturday, Sunday, Monday, instead of Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. But it was still weird. It it was weird, but also... Cool. Going from seeing Refused being the last thing we saw that night uh, to one of the things we saw pretty much earlier in the next day stylistically completely different complete 180 and i even said i'm glad that this band is here because i actually i don't think i'm ever going to have another chance to see them because they don't seem to tour the state so much we would have to go to europe yeah and i was like this is basically a power pop band playing at a punk rock festival and it's that kind of a thing where if you were at a certain age and very young and you were playing loud music or loudish music at the time you and you were in england especially you were called a punk band uh, same thing happened to the jam they were putting the punk thing meanwhile they're just writing you know basically writing 60s garage rock uh so i think i like the fact that there's a lot of inclusiveness in the different subgenres of punk and and the like so and that was one of the things that really kind of drew me to punk rock bowling anyway was that it had everything from ska punk to new hardcore kind of punk to to psychobilly punk to classic what you yeah classic old guys yeah (laughs) classic classic california white punk guys first wave you know that that kind of thing and this is uh the undertones which who we're going to talk about now definitely kind of part of that initial first wave they they came around in 76 77 so that's really when it was kicking off and if you compare them to like other british punk rock acts at the time they might as well be the bay city rollers i mean they're playing pop music so i was like can't wait to see them and i love me some pop music so and in my opinion if i had to make a list of like the 20 most perfect rock songs ever this song's going on it I just don't know how you can beat this three chord piece of perfection. And I was like thinking, oh, they're going to close with it. They like put it right there in the middle, I think, of the set list. That's very punk rock. Uh, But the whole set was just super enjoyable. Like song after song, just catchy stuff as all get out. Uh, They look like granddads at this point. I mean, we're getting to that. Yeah, they're the Vandals' dads. Yeah, it's like. They've got granddad bods. Yeah, it's like Undertones and the Stranglers were definitely the. the elder statesman of, of the genre on the on this day but love them love them so uh showing them how it's done showing the kids how to write a good pop song that'll last forever and this song is only going to get more popular as time goes on but here you go for those of you that haven't heard one of the greatest songs ever this is the undertones with teenage kicks <laughs> Oh, 
she's mad, she looks so good I wanna hold her, wanna hold her tight Yeah, teenage kicks right through the night I'm gonna call her on the telephone Have her over, place I'm all alone I need excitement, oh I need it bad And it's the best I've ever had I wanna hold her, wanna hold her tight Undertones, Teenage Kicks, go get it. Uh, even like a best of theirs is really... Uh, that's almost all the initial records right there. So that that's what actually I have, I'll admit it. I just have the best of. There's on nothing wrong with the best of. Not at all. Best yeah. of is how you get through eternity on a desert island. There you go. And also, a lot of the British bands, even at that time, are still putting out singles only. So some of these you can only get on comps. So so I, I think I'm justified in that as well. So, uh, I mentioned them just right before we played the song. The Stranglers were next out uh, on the main stage. And it was, that was another interesting one because I thought even less so than the undertones. I was surprised at the booking of the Stranglers. Because it's another one of those things like they're young at that time. So, they're kind of lumped in with the punk rock bands. The most new wave band that was booked for the entire festival. And that's not a bad thing either. But and they were almost... You'll find them on more goth rock compilations than you will punk rock compilations. So I was really intrigued by the booking of the Stranglers, but also excited because I'd never seen them. And I have a good handful of of stuff by them. They have a really cool record called The Raven. If people want to go check out a a cool album they might not have heard. But uh, the only, my only like slight gripe about nitpicking on this festival at all was in the Stranglers set. Because obviously one of the founding members is the keyboard player. And that dude was super high in the mix. I mean, almost to the point where it was like piercing. And I couldn't even hear the guitar player. So it's like one of those things like, turn my shit up. You know, you know he said that because mm-hmm. it's just because, obvious. Yeah, he put in his earplugs instead of his hearing aid. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but also probably true. It's pretty good. I like that. Thank you. But uh, that being said, I enjoyed the Strangler set. The ups and downs of heaviness pop element and we're getting into the new wave stuff it was definitely more of an old school vibe on the second day that we were there 
Uh, but nothing wrong with that at the same time because there's a band that's going to come around. Towards the end of the night, it's going to kick everybody's ass. Uh, but before all that, we're watching the Stranglers, having a good time. I think it was right before we went and got something to eat. And uh, mm-hmm. just as the notes of Golden Brown were fading out right there. But uh, I'm going to play you this one, actually. I actually have a live album by the Stranglers, which uh, kind of fits in more with how we heard them, uh, even though this album is at least a decade and a half old. But they sound just like this, so kudos to them. They sound very good live. So here's a really cool song. They opened with this, and it's kind of the closer on this live album, so there's a little fun dichotomy there. And I love the intro here because... It's live from the Royal Albert Hall, and he catches himself saying fuck on stage. I guess he was like, oh, maybe my parents are watching or something. The queen's watching. <laughs> yeah, rattling her, her jewelry. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, here you go. Really cool live version of The Stranglers doing five minutes. Well, thank you very much. You've been a fucking, oh, a flipping fantastic audience. And you've been fantastic. Okay, we're going to do five minutes. We want to see you all on your feet, all right? Or, you know, if you can't stand, then that's all right. Somebody will lift you up, all right? Yeah. 
Stranglers, five minutes, fun live version there from Live at the Royal Albert Hall. Next, we're going to talk about one of the few times we actually ventured out to the second stage. The time yeah. we ventured out to the second stage. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I, yeah, I was planning on lying about that for later, but I'm not going to lie about it. Because, no, it's, it's fine. Yeah, because uh, we also figured out at the exact same time, hey, this is literally on the street. And we're like standing in the middle of a four, what would be a four-way stop in any other day in Las Vegas, and even the lights are still on. And I mean, and, it was cool. Yeah, we're like, we're, this is very punk rock. We took over a street, and we're uh, you know, the reason we're at the second stage is because we were going to try to brave it for a band that's kind of become a recent favorite of ours, especially yeah. Nola uh, via Sirius for sure, because they yes. tend to play this band a lot on there. And uh, I like them a lot. Really cool band. And um, we're going to start getting more into them as the time goes on here. But Teenage Bottle Rocket, Nola. Yeah, so um, Faction Punk on Sirius played one song, and I was like, like that song. Then they played another song by them, and I'm like, like that song. And then, you know, in the last three months, four months, they've played maybe ten different songs by Teenage Bottle Rocket, and I've liked every one, and I'm like, well... (laughs) Yeah, and probably my favorite song on the last Volbeat album I found out was a Teenage Bottle Rocket song. A song called Rebound. Good song. Um, so yeah, I'm just like, I think this is going to be one of those bands I'm going to start buying their albums now. Yes, uh, they are fortunately coming to Texas, our neck of the woods, a couple weeks very now. soon. Yeah. At, uh, at which point, whatever they have, I will try to purchase from them. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, they're... They're so good on the radio, and they were so insane on stage. Yeah, real tight, too. Like, just song, song, song. Like, hey, we don't have a lot of time. They really knew that yeah. they were pressed for time. So hey, they we're just... Teenage Bottle Rocket. Have we said this yet? One, two, three, four. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually went and looked at the set list on setlist.fm, realizing that I, I, I looked at a headlining set of theirs, and basically it looks like they went in there and said, let's see how far we can get with it. But I thought that was really cool. They didn't... I don't even think they went with their normal closers. They just played until their time ran out. And so they were almost like in a foot race with themselves. So <laughs> It was it was very cool. Um, I will admit that we uh, we are not very punk rock. We are we are very suburban. Um, a few they they played the what four or five songs that we definitely wanted to hear. Yeah. And and then we were like Let's go back to our seats. <laughs> yeah, because that that, that's the one thing I also wanted to point out, and this is a good time to talk about it, is that they had screens up on both ends of the on-stage activity that yes. was going on at that time. So, so you could each, actually... Each stage had two screens on both sides of the stage. So even if you stayed at the main stage, you still saw and heard, heard what was on the second stage, and vice versa if you stayed at the second stage for the main stage. Yeah. So and, it was really cool. And the other thing about like just kind of bolting halfway or three quarters of the way through their set was number one, 
the next band that was on the first stage wanted to see them badly. Also, people. People just... They... <laughs> I don't know if Teenage Bottle Rocket went, we don't mind being on the second stage, we want to play later in the day. That could have been that. Or if the or festival maybe. organizer was like, you are going on the second stage. Yeah. Regardless... <laughs> If they go back, they need to be on the main stage. For sure. And there were they didn't really have to take too much of a dive on the time of their set if they're going to return to the main stage cuz they have a really good following as I found out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there were tons of people there for um uh even people around us were like, "We don't know why these guys aren't on main stage." And we're like, "What have been real nice." Yeah, no kidding. And it just to the point where like, okay, I get that I'm not being unrealistic in the sense of, hey, I know it's a punk rock festival, or even just an outdoor festival, there's going to be people, but when someone stands in front of you like you're actually not there physically... Oh, hello, welcome to my world. Yeah, that's such bullshit. I I don't want to put my junk in someone's back bottom, (laughs) male or female. It's uncomfortable to me, and plus, your hair is right in my face. Now I can't see. Also, you stink. Yeah, you smell your, your armpit, drunk. Your armpit is literally right where my face is yeah. because I'm five foot two, and yeah. you're always gonna be somewhere between five ten yeah. and six four. Yeah, you smell like an anchovy's asshole, so, so. it's just bad. <laughs> so, so yeah, so uh, other than all the people that also enjoyed Teenage Bottle Rocket, we thoroughly enjoyed Teenage yeah, Bottle Rocket. Yeah. You know who were like I was expecting to be like the worst people, but I am very glad to report that these are really nice people. At least anybody I ever ran into were the Turbo Negro Biker Gang people that we, we saw everywhere that weekend. It, would be, it was like a huge thing. Uh, I would say <laughs> seven-eighths of that crowd had on... At least a patch. At least one at patch. At least a patch. Yeah. If not the giant patch Yeah. for for their gang it's a whole motorcycle thing. They, club they they dress like Fan bikers club? like they dress like bikers they wear the denim jackets with the patches and they have their different sets from different cities or just countries there are some people that wear a patch for like every city in every country and that's their entire denim well, jacket well because the turbo they, negro stuff because they also swap patches yes they do uh, yeah. so i just it's a neat thing that i it's learned so cool and, I, and by the way i'm in now found out that i'm in oh nice yeah i got i got initiate and i didn't have to like do anything weird thank thank god are you sure I, that's what i know so far <laughs> so i i haven't bought my sailor hat yet so uh, there's that and yeah i just had this whole blue oyster bar visual you know okay but anyway uh but yeah, but yeah nice they were people all super cool yeah they were and the ones that were like get out of my face i hate when people are in my bubble you know like yeah yeah so that whole thing teenage bottle rocket good times oh fantastic <laughs> can't wait to see him again so let's get you uh let's get you excited for this band if you haven't heard him yet uh you know and and being crude on him i i couldn't tell you what album the song is on okay honestly i don't know what any of their albums are titled <laughs> okay because so. they they all only say teenage bottle rocket and they got the and same then, logo on it, and it's yeah. the same logo and then it's just a different color a different color yeah i think this is this is on the uh poison green skull and crossbones cover so this is the one that uh, a little handshake for people that might listen to my show on a regular basis because you'll get these references. So here's Teenage Bottle Rocket with Bigger Than Kiss. <laughs>
right. There you go. Bigger than Kiss. It's a tongue-in-cheek reference from guys that are legit fans, so don't be too offended by it. Uh, Kiss fans sometimes are a little snowflakey, but it's okay. It's all good. Teenage Bottle Rocket, Bigger Than Kiss, off the Lime Green Teenage Bottle Rocket album that we'll find out what it's called later. Uh, so moving on from uh, Nuts to Butts, uh, here's a band that I knew I could build this band up the entire weekend to NOLA, who had not seen them live yet, and knowing that they were going to deliver, and as a matter of fact, I believe would over-deliver any build-up I could give to this band. So I did that to you all weekend with the hives. You did. Did they meet and overexceed the expectations that I gave you even and honestly in your opinion? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Was um, that that blur face you were telling me about? Like let me dial it back in the Rolodex yeah. here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I was definitely going replaying everything. Um I mean they they did exactly what you said that they would do and they did a little more so, I mean, I guess technically over-delivered, but it's not as if you sold them as a 5 and then they came out as a 10. You sold them at a 10 and they came out at, like, a 13. Nice. I like that. I like they came out to, uh, there was a video screen that had the downtown Las Vegas welcome to sign, and it said the Hives Las Vegas instead. I yeah. thought that was awesome. And apparently their first time in Las yes, Vegas. Yes, their punk rock bowling debut. Yeah. So I can't believe in the 21 years... <laughs> Of this festival, they haven't had this band out there, but hey, it's all good. I'm glad that the, for the people, there's got to be somebody out there that's been to all 21 of these and not just the organizers. So that had to be probably big for someone who had gone to all these and maybe they hadn't seen them yet. Found out that the Hives had done a mini tour in America with Refused at this time to get to punk rock bowling. And I was like, man, I wish I could have been to one of those shows. But I, maybe I wasn't ready for it physically and mentally, the, so they separate them on the two different days here. So it's fine. They come out. Pele's just... Pele. Uh, I was... The only thing I was slightly nervous about was what would age do to Pele? Now, that being said, the last time I saw them, I think it was like 2008. They were doing the Black and White album tour. So it's been a decade since I've seen them live, which is weird to say because it feels like a few years ago. But they came out and showing no signs of age, uh, with the exception that they have a new drummer now. Or if they haven't replaced their old drummer, they had to get a United States drummer. Maybe there were some visa issues. Nice bonus, though. We got Joey Castillo, who I've seen play for Eagles of Death Metal and Queens of the Stone Age and a few other bands. He's played for Danzig before. So, great drummer. And... With the suit on, he just looks like a hive. So <laughs> there's that. And, yeah, I mean, no showing no signs of age. Pele was just killing it. And I'm going to say two words to you, Nola, to maybe give you some extra uh, pop you a little bit here. But what about the hives ninjas? Yes. So Joe, Joey told me of these mythical beings that, that just keep Pele alive. <laughs> Yeah, basically. Uh, they're they're there picking up wires, sorting it all out, making sure he doesn't trip, uh, feeding mm. wire to him when he goes out to the crowd. Which was a lot. Which was a lot. <laughs> and I, the same could be said for Nicholas Arson, too, by if, the way. Okay, first of all, if I were the manager for the Hives, I would have a fucking heart attack. And that's probably... One of those guys is probably... Actually, you know, we found out that uh, well, thanks to the internet, it kind of kills off the mystique. But apparently Nicholas Arson, the guitar player, is kind of the guy who manages and writes all the songs. And he's like 
Mr. Hives. But that's kind of weird. It sounds like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hives. But yeah, when I saw them back in the day, the Hives ninjas were not a thing yet. And I even made reference to the fact that this guy is like a damn ninja or a Betty Hanna chef rolled into one with that other thing. Now they have two ninjas as opposed to the one guy. So I guess the other guy was like, I'm getting I, too old for this I shit. Need, I need an assistant. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> like You guys are going to outlive me. I need an apprentice. <laughs> That's what it seems like. Uh, so, yeah, by the way, right. yeah, when talking about Ricky uh, from the darts earlier, she posted a pic with the ninjas unmasked on her uh, Facebook. Well, their faces were still covered. A little bit, yeah. A little they, bit. <laughs> they kind of Wilson from Home Improvement. Yeah, it is or like ki- or kiss, uh, you know, out and about during the makeup era, you know, like it was pretty cool. And that and that's how you know that there are some years between Joey and I. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> two different references from two different eras, but yeah. it's okay. That's... But yeah, no, it was great. Um, there, there aren't words. You just you got to go see him to understand it. And now that I've seen him, next time I go see him, I have to bring two friends. Yeah. So when y'all go see them, y'all make sure to take two friends with you. And then the next time y'all go, each of your friends needs to take two friends. Yeah. He said that again this time, didn't he? I love that. He said that last time. I saw my house of blues. He said, bring 50 people next time. So thankfully he's become more realistic now. But uh, this was one that really stuck out. I saw them do this song the last time I saw them. And it's really a highlight of the set. My only little slight complaint was they did not play my favorite Hive song, a.k.a. I-D-I-O-T, which is all of 90 seconds and they could have taken the band introductions off at the end uh to play that song i like band introductions it's fine but that was like a 10 minute segment you could cut it down a little bit 90 seconds is all i need for them to play aka-i-a-d-i-o-t maybe my heart wasn't ready for it it wasn't but here here's a big huge highlight from a massively underrated rock album is that a hives light oh ah, okay let's talk off the air (laughs) from the black and white album uh, this says won't be long.
bed And I won't stick around in this town No, I'm getting out instead There you go. So it won't be long by the hives. You the like hives. the hives? Yes. Go see we do them. like the hives. Yeah. Go buy all their records. They played a new song that night, which was real good. And Melee also yelled at us for political reasons. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. So. We also still deserved it. Yeah. So. Sweden is better than us. That's for goddamn sure. So go, um, go give them all your money. <laughs> yes. It's like we'd move there if we could, but you, you, you won't they don't let want us them. in. They won't marry. They won't let Americans in as citizens. It's a damn shame. I know people that are like the most upright citizens ever, and they couldn't get citizenship in there. Anyway, moving on. Uh, uh, going back to America, one of the uh, early, early, like just past the first wave, one of the real influential acts of punk rock music on the East Coast side of things were the Dead Boys. At the time, led by the late, great Stiv Baders. Yes, he was one of the massive fuck-ups of all time, but the guy could write a tune. And, you know, especially, like, you hear albums like Young, Loud, and Snotty and LAMF. And and, and even Stiv's solo album, Disconnected, is a piece of art, in my opinion. I wish that... That's one of those punk rock albums that I wish somebody had given to me when I was going through high school. That would have helped me out a lot. But anyway... So the fact that the Dead Boys are touring kind of upsets some people because it's just Johnny Blitz and Cheetah Chrome and they're out there. But I, I got to say, I, I do kind of take the stance of, okay, they're keeping the music alive. Number two, how much money are you really making doing this? They're playing clubs. Yeah, they get this occasional booking, you know, at a punk rock type festival. I don't think it's like a money grab. I really think it's, hey, this is important music and it should be played alongside these other elder statesmen like the Stranglers and the Undertones and stuff like that. Dead Boys music is very important for punk rock. So I'm glad they're there. I uh, didn't venture out to the second stage because after Teenage Bob Rocket knew that would be a train wreck. So uh, just we st- they actually had these really nice side bleachers that we stayed in most of the way. Yes, there is limited seating available uh, in the in form of... In a GA of... stance, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um... Because it's all it's all either GA or VIP, and even yeah. the VIP is really just a little roped off section to the side. Yeah, wasn't that great? So we had the same view as VIP. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, you know? uh, we went for the bleacher seating just so that way, like we we know we're just gonna 
sit there and enjoy it. Yeah. Like, we don't need to wander around. We don't need beers every five minutes, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. We're not wandering around looking for somebody with a lighter to... Yeah. Stood up the whole time for all the vandals, all of refused, all of the hives. Uh, you know, always make sure I'm not blocking too many people's views because yeah. I would hate that if I was me. You know, we went up to the top of the bleachers, tried to stay out of the smoke path from the people around us because we're not <laughs> we're not going to tell people not to smoke because we're not assholes and we're outside. Yeah, especially that in Vegas said, where weed is legalized now. <laughs> yeah. That being said, I would really like to not have your smoke blow in my face. Yeah. It's... So we read the weather, calculated wind resistance, and we, we picked our spot, and we pretty much stayed there. There were picnic tables in the back back under the tents. Yeah, that's a cool place, too. Uh, yeah. Like you, could, you could spend the whole day there and still manage to see everybody. Yeah, so it was it was real cool. Uh, but we were like, no, these these are our seats, and we're, <laughs> we're, he- we're here for the night. It's an interesting pack <laughs> mentality in the sense of we saw the same people sitting in the same exact area in the bleachers, like, from those two days. These like, are our seats. Yeah, like, you said, like, in this specific <laughs> spot in the middle of the thing, it's like, okay, I mean, it's, it's funny, you know, I'm not ragging on because we practically did the we same thing. We did the thing. exact same thing. So, um, but yeah, so that being said, I was really excited to see, even just on a screen, to see the Dead Boys. And they got this guy, Jake Hout, singing in place for Stiv Baders, who I think apparently he's one of those guys you hear about used to be in a Dead Boys tribute band. And I gotta say, he pulled off the vocals really well, and I kind of regret not going to see them do that headline set at Club Dada last year. But, uh, you know, I could sort of say I saw him. But, you saw him? Yeah. You so saw him, you heard him, you were in the same... The same venue th- as them, so yes. it, I'd say it counts. Yes, if 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 they had stopped playing and everybody else was completely quiet and I had yelled something at them, they would have heard it. Yes, so that counts. Uh, Mister Perfect could have thrown a football <laughs> and hit them on that second stage. Yes. Thank you. See, this is I married well, guys. Um, I mean, I can't throw that. <laughs> right, and who can? <laughs> Mister Perfect. Uh, yeah, well, so. That all being said, like I did with the adolescents, I feel like if you haven't heard this song, and there might be a handful of people out there that haven't, I, I must play it. Because when you're talking about the Dead Boys, this is their anthem. Uh, so get with it. This is Sonic Reducer. <laughs> Yeah. 
There you go, Sonic Reducer by the Dead Boys. You must have something with that on there. Even like a box set. I think one of the first times I actually owned it because I didn't have Young Loud and Snotty, uh, but I do have it now. But there's a. I'll go ahead and plug this thing. I haven't done a big Rhino record shill in a while, but the box set called No Thanks '70s Punk Rock Rebellion. Four discs of like absolute must owns. Uh, so there you go. If it's out there, it's probably out of print, but hopefully you don't have to pay an arm and a leg. That'd be a good starter kit. But uh, let's get to the last band of the night. The third night closers for Punk Rock Bowling. The official closer, closer of the night and the show and the weekend. And this is another one of those bands I haven't seen live since 1998. And I'm definitely not trying to be disparaging towards this band because when I saw them twice in the 90s, they were awesome. But come to find out, well, I hadn't seen the original lineup. Now the original lineup of the specials is back together. So if you see them come to your town, go see them. This is really one of the only United States ventures they've had since they got back together. Hopefully with the reaction they got, and they got a really good reaction, and people stayed to watch them. And for like the last band on a three-night thing, that's On a saying Monday something. night when people have to go to work the on ne- Tuesday. Yeah, and that's really catch saying Catch flights out. That's, mm-hmm. It was really cool. And that was us, you know. Um, we had a late... Tuesday flight. Yeah, it's, well, late, it's late morning. Late morning. Yeah, we didn't like anybody going maybe get a red eye or just driving, but man, they were so cool and it was a nice, especially like there was a lot of heaviness there. It's it's like laid back. There's still stuff to dance to, you know, but it's like really positive. It's weird that they, they they can be preachy, and they're also right in what they say, but they're musically it's always positive and fun. You get a fun, happy vibe no matter what they're saying. They have a song on their new album called Blam Blam Fever, which is a really on-the-nose song about gun violence in America right now. Yet, if you just hear it on the surface, it doesn't sound like that. If you're, if you're in the bathroom and they're playing that, it's like, oh, this is a nice like song. Like you're just kind of You got the fever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that's kind of what it came across as, right? Yeah. Like, you know... I mean, sometimes you just can't make out the lyrics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, there you go. That That's the kind of band they are. They'll tell you a thing or 12, and they'll teach you some stuff. But it's also all good. And it's one of the only times you're like, okay, I understand why there's weed out now. Because <laughs> yeah. it's, you well, know, you got that, you got the reggae vibe along with the third Skyway vibe and, and the whole thing. It's not very punk, but at the same time, it is completely punk. Yeah. It's it's such an interesting get-up contrast, but it makes all the sense in the world. Uh, so I was really excited to see them. I thought they delivered pretty well. It's cool to see the original singers up there and the whole thing. And, like, I mean, they look real old, but, man, super cool. Uh, the only gripe I had is bringing out the, uh, the younger woman in there yeah. in the middle, and she kind of brought the thing down. Uh, even she, though She kind of harshed our vibe. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Um, 
But yeah, you know, and she's on the record too. I, I forget her name. Apparently, she's got a little bit of a name out there. But yeah, no, it was it was fine. It it just kind of a it was. I think it was ill place, and I don't think it's a festival bit to do. Yeah, honestly. So I I would have enjoyed it without her, but I wasn't <laughs> angry she was there. If that yeah. makes sense. I did have to go to the bathroom, so it's fine. Yes. <laughs> so, but man, they pretty much played all the hits, and they played the best songs off of the new album. I, I do recommend their new album, Deluxe. I'll talk about it more on a later episode this year because I plan on doing new music, I promise. For right now, since we are going to play a song that they played that night, you can actually get this on the deluxe version of the new album. I, I called the album uh, Deluxe earlier. It's actually called Encore. And I, I think it's because I bought the deluxe edition. So it's the Encore Deluxe Edition. There you go. Just to, there you go. Know, we'll just figure to this out. Get this right. But I do recommend getting the deluxe version because you get a whole live set on there. Kind of pretty much for nothing. So very cool. I recommend it. And I remember we actually switched over to the back 10 area by this point in the show. And it was really cool because we were seeing them on the stage, but then they have that whole white and black setup on the back screen, so they look like silhouettes. So it looked like their old logo, like come to life, and you could see them moving around on stage, but you really couldn't see their faces. That was kind of a neat thing. It was thing. neat, yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is nice, I like this. So we stayed there for a few more songs towards the end of the set, and this is when they kicked into this song, so I figured I'd do this. They drag it out a little bit. On the record, it's like two minutes. This live version's like four or five minutes. But it totally works, I think. So you're going to go from mellow to mad. This is the specials with a live version closing off this episode with Nightclub. Nobody will tell you I'm the nightclub. Us. Come back with our bosses.
And if you want my body, if you think I'm sexy, come on, baby, let me know. Sexy motherfucker. You feeling it? There you go. Closing off nightclub by the specials. I, I barely asked you what you thought of the special set. Yeah, it was set. good. If, like I said earlier, everything is kind of a blur and all <laughs> ran in together, and it was all very good. Yeah, like there, are no no complaints. I should say this too, as we already talked about how well organized the festival was and how positive an experience it was overall. The thing that I've said this a few times off air. But the thing that really blew me away was we were staying at the what hotel? Downtown Grand. Downtown Grand, over by Fremont, and which is the old school area of Vegas, and uh, not so much the it's new the, modern strip. It's the it's, old downtown as opposed to the strip. Exactly, so it's definitely more punk rockish, which is fun. The other cool thing about it is they had like so many different sub shows going on. They had club shows. They had pool party shows. Yeah, if you follow me on Facebook, you saw me uh, post. Uh, hey, apparently punk rock pool parties are a thing now, and that was cool. They'd have like multiple bands playing. And the neat thing about it is, I bought the T-shirt. It was like what twenty bucks. Yeah, that's that's great. Twenty-five. That's great. I think it was twenty. This day and age, get a shirt for 20 bucks at a, at a merch booth? Hell yeah. And it had every band list on the back, but the cool thing is, it had all the bands listed that played at all the different small club yes. shows. Every band that was contacted and paid by Punk Rock Bowling was on the shirt. Yeah, so you don't even, if you, if you don't make it to the festival, you're still part of the festival. And I was looking at the back of the shirt, and I was like, holy shit, I didn't even know that, like, there was a handful of bands. I'm like, I totally would have gone to see this I band. I told you about every single band at every single show. Some of them it's a blur. were already sold out. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, is that, like, she would just spare me my feelings. And I'm sure one of them was sick of it all, it which was. are friends of Pete's. They were freaking in town. I could have at least, maybe I could have gotten in still, even if it was sold out. You could have called Pete. Pete could have called them. I know. I just, looking, literally, I'm sitting down here in the studios, reading off the shirt, uh, like the night after we got back into town. I'm like, shit. (laughs) I wasn't mad at you. I was just like, wow, there's all this stuff. If you, I mean, there's people that probably just get no sleep, and they're like, hard partying like the ones that like drink we definitely saw some of those people in the elevator (laughs) a couple of times and it's just like wow like how do they do that like we talk about mania week on on the house show like you just can't do everything and i imagine there's There's... these people are just like oh my god and then they're gonna miss this band and it's like their favorite band probably they probably made a point to go to that but there's all these like five other shows they want to go see you just, and you just have to prioritize it, and yeah. and it sucks, but it's cool. Yeah. Because I would I would much rather have to cut somebody 
off my list rather than be like, well, here's four hours of nothing that I have to do right. between bands that I like. Yeah. So And I mean, usually that four hours is sleeping. Yeah. And I'm so. like, but, and that was the, that was really my only complaint about the whole festival was that there were no ins and outs. And I get it. There's that, yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, would have been real cool. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm with you. I think the, t- the only time you could probably realistically sleep if you didn't go to anybody's party was probably like mm-hmm. between 4 a.m. and like 10 a.m. Yeah. If you luck out. Everything else is bell to bell shows, well, pool parties, whatever. Th- 3 a.m. to 9 a.m. Yeah, yeah. That's is, is, the, is the sleep hours. Because pool parties went until 2 a.m. <laughs> And I actually, I would normally complain about something like that if I was staying in a hotel, but I kind of like the ambiance of it, like going to sleep to it. It was just far enough away yeah. to make it pleasant. Yeah. I while still it. being able to hear it. Yeah, I was I was totally on board with but it. yeah. And the hotel playing punk rock music throughout the speakers, so it's always going on. It's in the casinos. It's in the restaurants. It's, it's all there. Yeah, they were, the downtown Graham was super receptive to... I mean, not not only us as a couple of people who were there, but I, the whole, whole community, group, yeah. community of of people coming in. Yeah, you know, I I didn't see any major damage anywhere, but I'm sure someone somewhere threw sure. a TV out of a window or tried to tried to yeah. <laughs> Tried, it, we tried to open our window, but it didn't yeah, open. So you'd have to break it with the TV. Yeah. It probably bounced off like in the young ones when they were <laughs> trying to worry about the licensing fee. There you go. That's a good reference to make to kick off this uh, weekend. End it properly. Uh, yeah. I'd go but, back. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, depending on who's playing, I would definitely go back. Um, you know, not super expensive to get out there and enjoy it. Uh, stuff there is expensive, but even so, it's not any more than no. any other major city. Yeah, and oh, and apparently Turbo Negro needs to be booked there every year. That and I guess the last thing I'll say: big shout out to Greg Cohen, fellow yes. podcasting friend. He's good people. We uh, actually set aside a couple of extra hours somehow. I don't know how. But we wound up having breakfast with him. It was pretty great. Yeah, it was so, nice. And thanks for the lift back to the hotel, Craig, yes, by the way. Yes, thank you. So, yeah. He's a big... Uh, I, I keep forgetting how big of a Ramones fan he is. So maybe CJ will play it next year, and then he can go. That'd be pretty great. All right. Uh, let's get out of here. Nola, my better half, my favorite person in the whole world. I want to thank you for coming on the show here today and and jog my memory of punk rock bowling. You're welcome. So It's always fun to be on... Uh, I like I like doing this with you. I like spending time with you. I like uh, listening to good tunes. Yeah, I was like, I like yeah. I like reliving our experiences and having this little journal Audio, time capsule. Uh, yeah, kind of thing. I like that. Oh, it's a time capsule. I can't, man. I can't wait for us to be like old and <laughs> dementia ridden and just have our oh. have our nurses just play our play our audio back to us yeah, little memories there oh my gosh uh no dementia please for me well i mean uh, when you're like you. 90 so, um, cash me out at that point it just just cash in my chips at that point there's a good vegas tie-in yeah. for you definitely by then i'm not gonna i'm not gonna see 90 hell no all right yeah <laughs> oh. it's punk rock hope i die before i get old all yeah. right so we'll stick you on an iceberg i'll push you out to sea <laughs> yeah freaking eskimo funeral oh if we have icebergs left yeah right jesus all right, let's get out of here. All right, um, on that note. Show. Yes, uh, 
definitely go to cnjradio.com for every episode of Rock Strikes 10, including the ones that aren't on iTunes. Someday, hopefully, that'll be rectified. While you're there, stick around for the flagship, the Wrestling House Show, which I'm recording later on tonight with Chris. <laughs> and also, what else we got? Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions with Randy Brown, a true alternative and a hell of a showgoer. He really is. And it's, the show's great. Go check it out. We also have Last Theater with Chris. He just posted a recent episode, actually, about Brightburn, so go check that out. Uh, Spoiler-free in the first half, so you can like listen to the episode, pause it, go see the movie, and then come back and, and see if you agreed with his opinion, and it'll do spoilers. It's a really cool format. We're going to do some more stuff with that later on as well. Uh, of course, Talking Rock with myself and Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, the great Mark Striegel. We talk a rock topic for like 30, 45 minutes. It's a good show. Need to do another one of those soon. Uh, schedules permitting. Uh, also, schedule permitting. I Am Vinyl is still happening with myself and Pete LaRussa. Uh, it's down to me now. My pilot episode has been... I've been trying to make it good. So Pete's done with his, and he's being very patient with me, as far as I can tell, at least. Uh, so I Am Vinyl will be out, hopefully, within the next week or so. And I think that's about it. Let's go ahead and get out of here. But, of course, speaking to Pete, last but not least, extra special thanks to Pete and the guys from Spacebeard the awesome outro we play on every episode space beard could play punk rock bowling i think they would do pretty well with that they'd fit in have sick of it all uh putting a word for you guys uh, all right yes everybody else we'll see you on the next one bye have fun Game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it.